Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, mic check just so I can see what our levels are like. Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. Perfect. Uh, so what's up, man? Um, oh, it's just okay. a, a lot going on. You're cutting in and out on me. Um. Sorry. Um. Uh, trying to think of how I want to start this off. Just. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just what's up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um. So the thoughts and musings of some total losers. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's where we are. And it's been a while since we've had thoughts or musing. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Um, I guess let's start the show. Um, so I'm Dave. This is, uh, like, are you my teacher, my buddy? Like, you're just Dan, right? I'm just, I'm just a dude. Just a <laughs> I am just, a, I'm just an A guy. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a th- I don't have a thing. I'm 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 just over here trying to do my thing and hopefully maybe that helps other people do their thing. Yeah, that's that's what I do too. And then it's like I got my one buddy who I started the page off with or I didn't start the page with him, but he was he's been my best friend my whole life. I did what an episode of the podcast with him. Um he was kind of, like he was never really had much faith in it and always told me it was never going to go anywhere. And, um, it's probably not like to be totally honest, but that's what he doesn't get is I'm not doing it because I want it to go anywhere. I'm doing it because I want, I, I like talking to you, man. I like hanging out with you, hearing what you have to say and shit, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I think it's a great project. It, it's, I think something that needs a lot more attention drawn to it. And even if, you know, right now we're reaching quite a few people, even as it is, and and even if just one of them gets something out of it, then it's a great day. So, um, I think it's just really fun to be able to talk about it and have a forum where we can encourage people to discuss things in a real way. Because I, I was just thinking about this this morning, where it's like so much stuff out there that's supposed to help people is so overwhelmingly positive, and it just puts I don't know I used to do it too and and maybe sometimes I still do but it just puts you in this mode where like nothing's ever allowed to suck and we just got to like put our brains in this mode we're like no it's okay just be here right now and you know and it turns into this whole bypassing issue as opposed to you know really working towards radical self-acceptance and so it's just good to have a forum that uh, you know you do a great job transparently sharing what it what your journey's been like and i think it's beautiful just to see how some you know how you can be real with it and uh and, yeah and that's i think a great model uh i i see what you're saying there but i'm really the only reason i'm special is because i realize no one is special and so i'm not afraid of people's judgments you know like that's yeah. that's the only way like it's the only way i can put it is is it there's no reason to lie because who do I have to impress? Right. Yeah. And, and uh, it's interesting because there's, um, there's a bunch of stories about old dudes who had some sort of realization. And then all of a sudden they started breaking all the rules. 
And everyone's like, what is up with that guy? And did he just go insane because he was sitting there staring at a wall for 10 years? Like, what the heck? You know? Yeah. And then basically boiled down to the same thing. It was just like, no, I'm my, I'm my own sovereign person. And this own sovereign person is just this whatever it is. So, like, who's got about a who? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it kind of was like the a lot of my life, dude, I've been in, I've been in and out of jails, psych wards, things like that. And it was just sitting there in silence, staring at the wall with not they they wouldn't give us books because there were just no books where I was locked up at. And it was just sitting there and I I was meditating. I didn't know that was the name for what I was doing, but that's pretty much like. I became at peace with myself because I had just spent so much time alone that I didn't mind being alone anymore. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a hard thing to do. It is. For a lot of people. Well, it's it was hard for me to do too. It's never easy. No. I, I kind of got forced into it, like dragged into it, kicking and screaming. <laughs> um, Sometimes that's exactly what we need. That's why we carry sticks to hit people. <laughs> right. Shut up. Sit there. <laughs> uh, it's um, I don't know, man. What I, what I have trouble processing is, I'll just say something that's honest, something that's truthful. It's not negative. It's not positive. It's just this is the facts of the matter. And then everyone jumps on it like, no, you can't say that. Stop beating yourself up. It's like, okay, when I say I had a hand in my father's suicide, I'm not saying I 100% am the reason my dad killed himself, but that's just the honest facts is if I had treated my father better, he wouldn't have been in this, the mental state he was in to be able to do that, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and looking at that and being able to, say that honestly is uh is something that most people don't want anyone to ever say out loud like they don't want to hear it you know and and that's part of what i'm talking about with this radical self-acceptance the only way that we can really change the world is when we understand that we have an integral part in it and you wrote that really good thing the other day where it was just like you know you can never take your fingerprints off the small kindnesses that you do and you also can't take your fingerprints off the big shit that you do wrong yeah yeah um, whether we are aware of it or not, every single thing we do, every second of every day, it has an effect. It, even if it doesn't have an effect on the outside world, it has an effect on our minds in, internally, which then has an effect on what we do when we do go into the outside world, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Well said. And, and, and so that, that cultivation, that constant process of, what am I thinking right now? How am I thinking about it? What is my image of myself? What is my image of the world around me? What is the image of my stuff? Like, how, how am I relating all these things to my experience? And what are, what are my projections or about these things? How am I thinking about the world? That's what it means when we say that our thoughts create the world. It's not that, you know, I can imagine an, a new Xbox hooked up to my TV and it'll pop into place, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that my thoughts literally create the world be through the interactions that we have with it. And, um, and when you can really like dig into that and you really understand it, wow. Wow. Yeah. Hold up. I got close Facebook. I just, I've, I've recorded two Facebook noises in this recording. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it's, um, 
what we think shapes who we are and who we are shapes what we do. And so even, even if your thoughts, even if we're not thinking existence into being, we sort of are at the same time. Right. Um, Like that thing uh, in the, the, the Zen, the, the Zen essay we wrote together about karma where it's like, it's all in your head, even though it's not. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's why everyone looks at Zen stuff and they're like, what are these people talking about? <laughs> right? But there's no <laughs> other way to put it. Like, it seems contradictory and nonsense until you get the, the trick to it and you're like, oh, it's it just it just loops around. And then. It, yeah. 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 It, it's that. And that's that relationship between. You know, and you're starting to see more of it. Um, there's just a commercial on, I forget what it was for the other day, but it was celebrities talking about go and be totally honest with your doctor about not just how you're feeling, but what you feel. Mm-hmm. And because that, because um, that exact same thing happens to us as people, you know, our, our thoughts create the world, but it doesn't. Um, our physical and mental health is inextricably linked, you know, and, and this material world and the spiritual world, if you want to call it that, or this material world and the psychological world, if people are more comfortable with that term, um, they feed off of each other in a way that's still not really that understood except for by people who really take the time to look at it. You know, it's mm-hmm. not scientifically really that provable um, at, on the grand scale. Sure, in like a microcosm, you could be like in the example you used, yeah, you just got angry so you kicked that bucket and now you damaged your car window like that that's very clear how your psychological affected your physical but it's so much more than that oh yeah um but you gotta when you're explaining it to people if you were if i were to try and explain to someone how it 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 clicks and they would think it's nonsense gibberish and so it gets hard trying to put it into words and talk the way we are right now like you said in the last podcast we did um that you can't really, ex- there's no way to transmit it through words. Um, mm-hmm. There's really not, there's really not. And it, and the thing is, no matter what we transmit, and even if it's, even if it's really good, say we managed to, between the two of us, say something that's like, a hundred percent true. It'll still only get somebody eighty percent there, you know, mm-hmm. best case scenario. Because until it's internalized, and until it's something that you know without a shadow of a doubt for yourself. It's not going to do anything for you. It's not really. It's not really going to make sense until we ourselves embrace it and learn it for ourselves. And, experience uh, it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. Without that experience, it's you know, it's it's like um, it's like knowing something from school, right? You're you're a physicist or you're a chemical engineer or you're like me. I was a Chinese major, right? I'm going to use a little bit more personal example. I was a Chinese major. I got straight A's in my classes. I took the accelerated route. I finished my Chinese undergraduate in like two and a half, three years, or all my language courses. You know, I was like, I, I got this. And I landed in Beijing day one thinking like, yeah, I know some Chinese. Like, I know I'm not fluent, you know? like. I'm not fluent, but I've taken a lot of Chinese and I know some Chinese, you know, I'll be fine. I'll be able to get to the hotel. I'll be able to order food. I'll be fine. I landed in that country. I got in the cab. I couldn't even communicate well enough to like figure out where I was going. So fortunately I was made to handwrite the hotel address on a piece of paper and, uh, and got it out and showed it to this guy. And then he's like, I can't read your writing. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. what do I do now? So I ended up having to have him call on his cell phone, the instructor who was the head of the program. And this was, this was like, so, so no matter how much Chinese I thought I knew, <laughs> yeah, you didn't it was showing shit. up there, didn't know shit. Yeah. And then the, obviously the experience is what switches it over into something that's functional. And that's where practice comes in, you know, talking yeah. about it's great, but got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had like similar experiences throughout life, never directly with another language, um, but just learning to navigate. When you're going through the system the way I did, you kind of got to learn to play the authorities and talk to them a certain way. Even if they know you're not being honest with them, you still got to lie to them the way they want to be lied to. And um, <laughs> it it's... You think just like you, how I talk to myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, like, um, like there's times where I'm like, I think I'm playing this dude who, who like, I, I think I'm playing the guy running running the hospital, and he, it's the doctor, and he's interviewing me, and I think I'm telling him all this slick shit. Come to find out years later, he saw right through me the entire time, you know? <laughs> uh, and it's like, Not their first rodeo? Yeah, no. Um <laughs> And it's, it, it's just, it doesn't, what I've learned is it doesn't, no matter where you are in life, what you're doing, it doesn't matter. Like you're, people are all chasing something, you know, you don't gotta, you've got the best there is right there with you right now. And even if it's like, even if it's the most pain it could possibly be, that's still part of the experience. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and it's just amazing how, um, that not only it doesn't get lost, it gets like intentionally buried. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, later on today, I'm going to try and post that thing that I was sharing with you earlier about going through, um, I don't know if you call it contracting. It's not really a disease you contract, but this multifocal, multifocal acquired motor axonopathy is what it's called. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty fit dude. And then all of a sudden I wasn't able to give, even get out of a chair, you know? And, and I think precisely because of a practice of self acceptance, of, I was able to say like something's wrong. You know, I didn't try and hide it. I didn't try to ignore it and try and let it pass. And so we got way ahead in this diagnostic process. And then, you know, my family, God love them, you know, they're like, oh, you'll kick this, you'll be fine, isn't isn't going to bother you, slow you down any, you know, you're like, you just got to rest a little bit, I know you're real tired, you know, stuff like that, like, not wanting to go through a process of actually facing the situation as it is. And it comes from a great place. And a lot of times those those things that we say to each other, like, hey, don't worry about it, you know, just be here now, like, all, all that stuff comes from a great place, but is that really the most helpful thing we can do for ourselves? or other people yeah and that's unless you've been through it you can't tell someone what they need in that moment you know um yeah so just be there for them listen really listen i do my best i'm a terrible listener man i like and i can listen and i can hear and i can understand but the way i listen and the way i choose to process things is what's wrong 
because I'll hear exactly what they're saying, but then I'll always relate it back to me. And it'll always, how am I going to affect this person's life? And how am I going to be the guy that saves them? And I, I never just passively listen and then go, okay, I hear you. I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Those are powerful words. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm here for you, you know, and not just like, Oh yeah, dude, whatever you need, I'm here for you. And then they call you like three weeks later and you're like, ah, I really don't want to answer this phone. Not not that kind of, I'm here for you. No, but like genuinely, like I'm here for you. 100% right now. The only thing that matters is right here. Wow. Yeah. That might've actually saved my marriage. I don't know if my wife will corroborate that, but you know, we had a huge, we had some huge communication issues because she she has anxiety you know and i have abandonment issues so so she would start freaking out about something and i would start freaking out that i wasn't doing it right Mm -hmm. so then i'd be freaking out and she'd be freaking out and then i'd be yelling at her about why are you just yelling at me tell me what i can do to fix it and she's like there's nothing you can do to fix it and i'm like well then why are you yelling at me like don't hate me if it's not my fault (laughs) yeah and we would just enter into this cycle where we end up just like screaming at each other um and, and all it took, not all, you know, the simple things aren't usually easy. I mean, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy, right? Yeah, but all so, it so took, that little piece that made it click. Yeah, just sitting there listening. I'm here for you. I understand. Or a lot of times, I don't understand. Yeah. Will you help me understand? That's the big thing is people don't want to admit that they don't know. They don't, they, they, they think it makes it, they think they they feel weak when they say it and they don't want to feel less than by admitting that they need help but how are they supposed to if they do feel less than and they really are farther down and they need help getting up if they never ask for it how's anyone going to reach down and pull them up you know can't everyone will think it's fine (laughs) Mm mm-hmm and that, that that and that's another thing is I was never telling anyone what was really wrong with me I, on the inside. I was always filtering it through the social mechanisms that were supposed to filter it through. And so I'd never tell anyone what my actual problem was. And then I was getting misinterpreted on the other end and I didn't realize it. And people didn't know what I was saying to them because I wasn't clear about what I was saying. Um, and yeah. I, through that sort of deceptiveness that I was putting out there, I was hurting myself. Because if I had just been honest with a lot of people instead of lying to them, they would have been able to help me. But because I lied to them, they couldn't They couldn't do anything for me because I lied to them. Did it to yeah, myself. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I hear you. And I think one of the things for me that, that uh, was a big part of the process was understanding how in how um, the, uh, as a, as a kid, you know, like you do it once or twice cause you don't want to really tell mom or dad what's wrong. Right. And then over the years, then you end up starting lying about your own self narrative, started lying to yourself. And then you lose where you lose where your false narrative started. So then it no longer is as easy to be like, Oh yeah, I'm hiding. At least not for me anyway. Like I completely lost track of what the real problem was. And I started telling myself all these stories about what I was doing to uh, to create this this different narrative or to create that it wasn't my fault or to create all these other 
situations that allowed me to hide from what the real problem was internally. So, so actually being able to turn around and start talking to people about it and first involved getting co- totally honest with myself mm-hmm. and, and finding out what the problems were again, cause I'd forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm dealing with a lot of that now. It, it's a different story, but a similar connection there. Um, cause I'm going back. I, I sort of, I write I, this book I've been writing for, it's about my life and what I've been through with my personality disorder and stuff. I know for a fact looking at how I am now and then looking back that when I look back that that story where I'm the hero going through it I'm actually the villain and I can't see it um and so I'm probably never gonna know all the shit I did like there's just it's just locked away somewhere um but there's no way I was actually the good guy I thought I was yeah But my whole thing is, why does it matter? Because I'm not that guy anymore either. So just let the past be the past. <laughs> just I just remember that the narrative I've told myself, I remember the narrative I see as a false narrative and go forward yeah. with that understanding. Well, that's the beautiful thing about realizing. I mean, if we're going to forgive me a little bit of Zen speak for a moment, you can put it back into layman terms in a second. But that's the beautiful thing about realizing there is no permanent self right yeah and it's only a logical conclusion if we look at our lives we realize like no i'm not the same person i was when i was 10 i'm not the same person i was when i was 20 i've had a whole bunch of extra life experiences that have accumulated right so so the idea that there is this dan who was born and who will be this dan until the day i die or or the idea that a politician 15 years ago sent a tweet that was inappropriate and he needs to apologize for it now like yeah maybe you know there's a certain value in recognizing and taking responsibility for the past actually a lot of times that's what we have to do but there's also still this understanding that we all need to have about people not that most people do change but that people can change and that the only way that people can change is that we if we realize in ourselves that we too are impermanent and constantly changing and made up of all of these thoughts feelings emotions experiences and 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 all you know our sight sounds smells tastes touch mm-hmm. all these things come together in this really complex fashion to make us who we are and we can choose who we are at any moment because we're constantly new mm-hmm. uh and, and uh that's a beautiful thing people think it's terrifying to realize that you're completely impermanent and you're going to die and there is no fixed entity that you can cling to but at the same time when you embrace that then all of a sudden you're free to do what you're doing right now yeah, which is to completely rewrite your narrative so that you don't live the next sixty years the same way you lived the first thirty something. Yep. Oh, sorry, my cat's being a prick. Sorry, <laughs> That's fine because my cat just climbed onto my lap. Oh, yeah, I love this kitty. <laughs> it's nice. This cat has done so much for me, man. Like having someone like because I can't really connect to people because I can't really trust people. Um, but Dow Dow, I love me some Dow Dow. I can trust her. She's she's a spoiled brat. All she ever wants to do is eat and get scratched and petted. Like, but it's nice. Like, it's a good feeling to love something. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's um. And then, and to have animals, you know, and and see how, see how they live, 
you know mm-hmm. like so many times like they're hungry what do they do they go eat they need to go to the bathroom or they go to the bathroom they don't have a good spot to go to the bathroom they don't care they're just gonna go to the bathroom <laughs> yeah and like uh, like doubt out if i'm sitting here typing away she doesn't care if i'm typing she is gonna plop right down on that keyboard <laughs> and until she gets her scratches and it's it's uh, it's still yeah. it's beautiful man it really is yeah um and it's good practice for us too, because I'm, I'm sure that you're like me. When you're trying to get work done, you like get in a groove and you want to get work done, you know. Yeah, and it's but good. It's like it's good to stop me and just ground me in the moment and just say, "Hey, man, what's the point? Why why are you so worked up over it? It's not going anywhere." Yeah, yeah. Um, Spend some time. Pet the cat. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also, ooh, how about that for a little demonstration of Wu Wei? You know, appropriateness. Pet the cat for 30 seconds. She'll be happy and she'll go away. Stay there and push her off the keyboard for 15 minutes and you won't get any work done and she'll just get agitated and you'll get clawed and bit. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll feel bad when she looks sad because I can tell when she's depressed and I haven't been paying enough attention to her. Um, yeah. I can yeah. tell I'm not taking care of her enough. Like I can see it in how how much she wants to play and the look in her eyes. And But really, man, just being loved, that's great. Because um, I, w- I was raised in a narcissistic family where empathy and compassion are, they're treated as bargaining chips and currency, and they're not actually freely given, as I believe was intended, but I don't know what was intended. But anyway, because my family operated like that, I had never actually truly loved, just freely, unconditionally, and just let it out and... And just it was what it was. I've never, I've never done that. Doubt Alice the first, first, first. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you have that, man. I'm glad you have that. Yeah, it's and nice. I, it's, it's what I needed the most. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a good thing. And and like we were just talking about, you know, that's, that's something that you can do. You can get there. That sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Sometimes it doesn't feel like you'll ever be able to trust people. Sometimes it doesn't feel like you can ever really let it all out or or, or do any of these things. And you know, I I understand that there are certain parts of it that are deeply ingrained at this point. You know, but the truth of it is that it, I I think I believe that the truth of it is that 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 core that core of you that has found love for Dao Dao the Ninja Kitty. Um, is 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 completely intact yeah and and over time with the work that you're doing i really genuinely believe that you'll be able to sit there and be like no i i trust you i love you you know and and just have it be that and not not need it to come back to you not need it to be conditional on anything else just you have food nature too well yeah and and that's about about where i'm at it was like i don't i don't care what i get out of it i've got i've I've had a life that I can say, you know what, I, I've had, like, I can go to my grave saying I don't think the good Lord gypped me. It's just, I'm happy with what I got. I, I know how to keep myself safe and protect myself, and I'll always have a roof over my head. I don't need very much. Like, I don't need to be rich. So I'll always have what I need. Um, and so I might as well, everything I do, like, work is play and play is work because... I work for fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. What better way is there? 
yeah let's work let's play yeah and um or like you remember when peter was like no it's not the pursuit of happiness it's the happiness of the pursuit and it's like no man it's the happiness of the pursuit of the happiness and it's cat chasing its own <laughs> tail man <laughs> yeah uh, so what time did you say you had and to that, go uh um well really i'm i'm normally at the dojo in like five minutes okay I, I knew we had to so, be wrapping up soon. I just wanted to. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that the one, one of the great things is, is the happiness of the pursuit of happiness, you know? Because there was actually just recently a conversation uh, that I was involved in where somebody was trying to get feedback on whether or not... Um, they, they, so they wanted to improve their, um, their skill set. So they wanted to learn how to build houses and stuff. So they wanted to volunteer for Habitat for Humanity, which is great. But then the question came about, like, well, is that then self-serving? Like, is it no longer a good thing to go volunteer for Habitat for the Humanity because I have this other motive of improving my own skill set? And it's like, with everything that's out there, you can kind of get how somebody would start to think about that, yeah. you know? And, and, and no, man, like, self-improvement and and If you're improving your skillset. own skill set to help other people improve their own skill sets or make their lives better, then you're improving your own skill set for a good reason like it's it's supposed to be sort of self-serving because you're supposed to see the rest as self you know right yeah With, when there's no line when, when when you disintegrate that line and it's just like if, if if i'm truly part of this world then the only way that i can make this world better is being better myself because ultimately what that person over there can do is only on them right like mm -hmm. no matter how many interactions we have whatever you say or whatever you think or whatever you do is your own. Mm -hmm. So the only way that I can have any positive influence is to be a positive influence. You know, and I think it was Gandhi, right? Who said, be the change you want to see in the world. Exactly. And, and that's, uh, sorry, that's a yeah. big thing that I'm on people because that was a, my whole life. Oh, that guy's to blame and they're to blame. And if they hadn't done this, I wouldn't have had to react this way. And what I eventually came to learn is even if it was 99% their fault and 1% mine, if I had a 1% contribution, that 1% is too much and I need to work. I can only focus on my 1%. Um, Word. And that's, it's, a, it's about accountability. Like what good does passing blame off do? Like what is that? Okay, that guy's to blame. What does that accomplish? Because I've only got power over me. I don't got power over you. I don't got power over my mom. I don't got power over anyone or anything. Um, I only have power over me. So if something needs to change and I'm not comfortable or I'm unhappy, if something needs to change, the only thing I can change is me. So that's, I'm going to, I only have one option that makes the choice easy. Yeah. Uh, it certainly gives you focus, you know, mm -hmm. like it's a radical self-acceptance to have accountability, to understand clear boundaries, to be able to take action, you know? I, I, I have yet to come across any other process that actually does anything. Yeah. And it's really, it's not complicated at all. Like people it's think not, it's but so why hard. why is it so hard? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard because it's work is what it is. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it's not hard at all, but it is hard. Well, you know, it's not complicated, but it's hard. Right, and and here and that's a perfect example of why language is inadequate. Yep. Yep.
which, which heart are you using right now? <laughs> Difficult? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And then especially when you get down to like the way I use words, like when I'm talking like this and having a genuine conversation, it's one thing. There's other times where I'm literally just typing bullshit and like, I'll mash all. I'll mash three words into, and it'll look like one word, but really, I just took a bunch of syllables from a bunch of words and stitched them together. And it's like, no one knows I'm doing that when I'm doing it. So how are they going to be able to read that and say anything? You know, like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You you do have a a unique way with the written word, which is very expressive and very interesting, yeah. but. You know, occasionally it's slightly. It gets hard to follow. follow. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I wanted to have beta readers at first, and that's that group Verbs Layer. Um, I started it so I would have beta readers, but no one ever gave me any feedback. No one ever told me what parts were confusing, so I never knew what to clear up. I just kind of figured it out as I went along. I could still probably go back and clean it up someday. I'm gonna get the book done first. But yeah, like that's something I need is legitimate beta readers to go and say, no, right here is fucking with my head. And then give me that honest feedback because everyone wants to go, oh, I read it. That's great. Thanks. You just told me nothing. Yeah. That's not why I wanted yeah. you to read it. I wanted you to read it so you could shit on me and tell me I'm terrible. So I know what to fix because my feelings don't get when when other people like say they draw a picture, they show it to someone. They want validation from that person. I'm not like that. Um I show it to someone, I want them to make fun of it and shit on it, so I know what to fix about myself, because I'm a narcissist, and so I always want to be doing that. And so, yeah. when well, I want honest answers from people, I troll it out of them. On, like on Facebook, I will never, if I really want to know something about someone, I will never directly ask the question. I will troll them until they accidentally tell me the answer. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about the beta group BT Dubs is that a lot of people who are reading it were very familiar with you, and and it from that perspective, like when I'm just reading your stuff now, like I follow you, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, so like it takes an extra, it would it takes an extra Dude, moment in a way that to, like, sorry to sorry. be like, oh now I get it, you know, to be like, oh oh wait no that if if I hadn't had the last you know however long it's been now eight months a year something like that of interaction with you that would be really confusing you know you forget that it's like oh yeah that's oh yeah and it's just what you were just talking about how it's like in a lot of ways everyone around me knew what i was writing better than i did you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that reminds me of this one uh last last thing that reminds me of this one one beautiful piece of information that i got one day like um you know, if, if you're running out, if you think you're running out of things to work on, ask your friends and family. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of something. <laughs> They're going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Not even my mom and brother, because like I said, the way it works in my family is like everything is on this scripted interaction. When we get when we said this is nice, I like that, blah, blah, blah. It's it's an obligation. Like my brothers, when they go see my mom on Christmas, it's an obligation. They don't actually give a fuck about my mom. It's just that they need to be there to fulfill their their whatever I don't know, invisible contract we were born into. Um, mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. And uh, I don't know. It just 
anyway, what you were saying about go to your friends and family, that kind of reminds me when I was a kid, I'd always be bored. I learned very quickly to never go to my mom and tell her I was bored because that's when I was I, like, if I went to my mom and asked her if I was bored, I was getting like punished via chores and all kinds of stuff. Like she was going to find a way to fill my time. And so I just, I learned to just be bored instead. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not, not quite what I was talking about, but I can well, no, see no, the, I get what the you, inherent it, danger. It, it, no, no. I, I, well, it was, but it wasn't in the way that if you can't draw the connection, you can't, but. No, I, I, I can draw the connection. I'm just no, I know, I know, I know. I just, I didn't know what to yeah. say, so I said nothing at all. <laughs> no, you actually said something very valuable, right? If you're going to ask for genuine feedback, let me try and rephrase. If you're going to ask for genuine feedback so that you can continue self-improvement, you have to have somebody that you can trust. Yeah. Because you have to have somebody who's going to be real with you and not be self-serving, right? Well, yeah, and so, that's basically what I was saying with my mom, where it's like, if I'm going to go to her and say, I'm bored, she's going to say, all right, well, I can fill your time, but you're not going to like how I do it. Right, and that, and and at the time, she didn't really care whether or not you liked it. No, and it was good that she didn't because there were times where I needed someone to not care how I felt I need to be told how you feel is going to get you hurt and you need to feel differently and look at things differently so you can feel differently or your whole life is going to be in and out of jail getting jumped by people because you don't know how to respect people's boundaries uh, and I like dude if I if things didn't happen exactly as they would have I would have died in prison I'm sure of it yeah um, yeah and and on that lovely note. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's good to be free. I feel, I feel like that's a, it was a word, and it's worth it, right? Yeah. It's it really it. does all pay off in the end, man. It does. And, and we, can't get to, we can't get there without all the crap, right? That, that, that big thing that uh, Thich Nhat Hanh made so famous, right? No mud, no lotus. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we like to say our angst is our liberation. Um, Dogen Zenji. Uh, big dude in the Soto School of Zen always talked about how the only place you can practice is where things aren't going right, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I think all of these, all of these axioms point in the same direction, and that is, deal with your crap, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and definitely like, and I even said it in my reform essay where it's like, the only way I'm able to motivate changing myself is by remembering the guilt I felt over my father. Like, if it weren't for all that pain. I'd have nothing. I'd have no fire pushing me forward. Yeah. Uh, well, I gotta let you go. I take take it. Um, yeah. 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 I got. I gotta end up getting down. I have my have my yeah, guys was, coming in for their morning class. Yeah, this was some quality stuff, man. Um, yeah. Always enjoy talking to you, bud. Yep. Good hearing from you. Take it easy. Yep. You too. We'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.